Our pastor in Kingsford Oshogbo. It's your hair I saw. Then I needed to come that it wasn't my spirit. That was please put your hands together for him. He's worshiping with us this morning. Hallelujah. There was a scripture we touched on last Sunday about how King Solomon, and these are the prayers you can pray for this nation. You may not like the president, the president-elect. It may not be your candidate. You may not like the party in power. But you as a believer, you need to rise above all that. And you don't have to change your party. You don't have to change your preferred candidate. Stay with your candidate (laughs) if your candidate didn't win. But pray. For the person in office. Several weeks ago, I mentioned that if you study politics and democracy, um, one of what makes democracies work, if you look at the leading democracies in the world, one of what makes it work very effectively is if there's a very powerful opposition inside the politics of that nation. So, Sometimes it's even good if your party did not win. As long as after that election, your party doesn't scatter and go away, which has been the story in Nigeria for the most part. When people don't win elections, they will pack their boots and go. And we need people that lose elections, for whatever reason why they lose, to stay in the process and build up an opposition against the next election, the next two cycles, the next three cycles. In some countries with very, very amazing democracies. Um, I'm, I'm saying all these things to educate us as a church. So when we are praying for our nation politically, we, we can pray with sense. That your candidate did not win an election doesn't mean, spiritually speaking, you have lost the victory where the matter is concerned. As some very well-established democracies in the world, the oppositions may not be in power for 10 years, 20 years, but they are still involved in the day-to-day decisions of what is going on. And they make a lot of difference in the kind of policies that are adopted by the nation. And if they were not there as the opposition, those policies may not never be adopted. So we, we read last week that Solomon made silver and gold like dust in Jerusalem. And I was sharing, as God opened it, that's a policy. It brought national prosperity. Think about what will happen in this nation if one president, whether it's your candidate or not, they can enact a policy where they make electricity like dust. In Nigeria. In other words, any street you go to, any, any state, any city, any village, any nook and cranny, you can plug <laughs> your power there. Hallelujah. And all it takes is a policy. A useless president can even be in office. But if the church knows how to pray, glory be to God. God can still sneak that policy into place. Are you hearing me this morning? Ah, only five of you are hearing me. Okay. 
All right, we will pray that your candidate will win. Let that be the only prayer point we know how to pray. Because that's the only prayer point some Christians know how to pray. Ah, our candidate must win. Your candidate doesn't have to win if you understand the way this thing works. You know, the Spirit said we know not what to pray as we are, that the Spirit helps our infirmities. Because we know. that's why it's good to pray in the Spirit. And to try and interpret what the Spirit is actually doing you to pray. So instead of doing all night, our candidate must win. They must overturn the election results. They must... Perhaps the prayer should be, Lord, let the best policies be what is running this nation. And perhaps the strategy God will even use is your own candidate being an opposition leader, troubling the person in power. So there must be electricity, even though we are opposition, and, and they are now able to negotiate and negotiate. And over the next four years, they help us by just, you know, stay in the office so you take the, in fact, if you want, live and die in Asorok self. But let there be electricity like stones all over the floor of Nigeria. Do you know the year that happens? It doesn't matter. Even if they go and raise a butcher from the dead and put him in office, if they make electricity like dust in this country, there's no way this country will not prosper. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God forevermore. Let's, let's move on. But please, my point is pray for the nation. Amen. And let's pray that the right policies will be there. Quickly, this morning, I don't have too much time. Deuteronomy 8.18. Ask your neighbor for me, are you ready for activation? Please put it up for me on the board. Don't, don't, Deuteronomy 8.18. You know, you know the text. Hallelujah. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to do what? To get wealth. That, so God has a reason for making us wealthy. Um, it's not because we can post and flash things on Instagram. You know, when, when we talk about wealth and teach about wealth and believe God for wealth in our generation, this latter part of the verse, I won't spend too much time on it, is so important because one of the things that hinders people where personal wealth is concerned is the purpose of wealth is not firmly understood. We won't have the time to get into that this morning. But he was telling these people here, yeah, God is giving you the power to get wealth. It's first and foremost important to know that God is not going to give you wealth. God is going to give you power, ability, capacity to get wealth. That's what he promises and that's what he delivers. I said something the other day. God did not give Abraham and Sarah Isaac. If you really study the story very well, he, he didn't give them a child. He gave them a promise of a child. And they had to believe that promise. They had to use that promise to hope against hope. That's what Romans chapter 4 said Abraham did. Abraham had to take a promise that God gave him. Hallelujah. And even though he was in a hopeless situation, because of that promise alone, he lived a hopeful life. In other words, he got up every morning and called himself the father of many nations. He changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. 
And he kept meditating and declaring, so shall my seed be. So shall my seed be. Even though my body is dead. Even though I'm a hundred years old. Even though my wife is 90 years old. Even though my wife has been barren all her life. Hopeless. He hoped against hope. Because he held on to a promise. Somebody shout promise. Hallelujah. That's the same thing that the scripture is telling us here. It's power. And like I said about David, when the power of God comes upon you all, like we are teaching in this, is when the grace and power of God comes upon you, it doesn't necessarily mean you are going to kill Goliath the next day. You may still get up and go to the backside of the desert like you did before the power came upon you and go and keep the few sheep. But now, somebody shout now. You go with the faith and the understanding that God has placed grace and power upon me. God has given me grace and power. That's what he's telling them here. He will give you power to get wealth for a particular purpose. And we will leave that purpose out today because of our discussion. But God, God gives power to get wealth. When the grace and the power of God is upon any individual, upon any nation, upon any person, one of the results that person can expect is to become wealthy. That power helps you to create wealth. That grace helps you to create wealth. If you use it rightly, and if you learn to walk in it. I want to say that to you again. And I want to say it in the light of what we've been saying in recent weeks. Um, I want to bring this teaching to a close today. It's the last Sunday of the month. And it's the last Sunday of the first quarter of the year. Can you help me look at the neighbor and say, God has been good to you. Hallelujah. You may not think it. You may not feel it. But, sir, that you are alive and you are in this service, whether you are online or you are physically here with us, on one level or another, God has been good to you. Hallelujah. And I want you to focus on that. Not focus on what is not happening or all the other discomforts around your life. And I want you to also understand that no matter what you are going through or what you have been going through, I said this when we started teaching this series. One thing you can always be rest assured of is that particularly in a difficult time, God's grace and power will be available to you. We looked at Apostle Paul. I believe it's um, in one of his epistles to the Corinthians where he was having problem in his ministry and he went to pray wrong prayer. God, take away this messenger of Satan that is buffeting me. Take away, take away. And after the third time, God spoke to him. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected when you are weak. Paul, you are looking at life the wrong way. You are focusing on what Satan is doing. And if you focus on what Satan is doing, it will lead you, it will just be leading you in a rabbit hole. You'll just be going around and around in circles. You will not make the progress you're supposed to make. 
and what you need to learn. And Apostle Paul learned it. He got the message. Sometimes, and this is what I'm trusting God for today. When, when we see, there's a way we can teach wealth. And there's nothing wrong with it. And we do that from time to time in church. In fact, we need to plan, Pastor Bolo, I think we need to plan something like that again. Where we come and talk about investments. We talk about Forex. We talk about um, Bitcoin. I guess we're talking about Bitcoin now. Oh, this is not a good time to talk about it. Real estate. And there's nothing wrong with teaching those things practically and giving insight to people where creating wealth or having wealth is concerned. That is good. But there's something superior to that. And that's what I'm trusting God for today. It's, it's, I, I, I like using the word activation. Or like God anointing you, like God anointed David. Or like a word came to Paul. Paul didn't go for a church service. If you read that story very well, he, he, he knew what God, in a few verses, at least based on what he recorded to us, his attitude changed, his understanding changed, his demeanor changed, the way he looked at life. Just in one moment of activation, all of a sudden he knew how to take his eyes off what Satan was doing and focus on God. And he knew how to be giving God glory because of, in, in the midst of his challenges. And he learned that when he is weak, it's actually an opportunity. Can somebody shout opportunity? For him to give glory to God so that that grace and that power can work in his life. And he realized that it doesn't matter what the devil is, going, is doing around me or what he's not doing. If I can focus on what I need to focus on, even in the midst of the valley of shadow of death, I can still prosper. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, Paul said, I, I now started to glorify God in my infirmities. Not that I'm thanking God. Some people misinterpret that text. Thanking God that he made you sick. God doesn't make people sick. God heals the sick. Some people even have gone to another level. God, bring problem so that I can go forward. No, that's not the lesson. If you had a God that brought problems, you will not need the devil. God is saying, in spite of the challenges that are around you, hallelujah, if you focus on my grace and my power, you can still come out on top. Can somebody shout a loud amen to that? So yes, we should teach the church and learn to believe God for national prosperity, national peace, national well-being. But that does not eliminate the place of personal responsibility. This is the second part of this teaching. There's a place where, while we are still trusting God and believing God to make things better in the nation and heal our land, I don't have to suffer while things are going on in Nigeria. You can take personal responsibility. And begin to do some things personally. As God will show you. You don't need to know everything. no, And you don't have to be anybody. Wealth. Let, 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 let me get all of us on the same page. I, I just googled the word wealth. And the definition tickled me. I loved it. What is wealth? I love this simple definition. It's an abundance of valuable possessions. Hallelujah. 
or money. An abundance. This is the first definition. There are two definitions here. Abundance. So listen to me very carefully. When I say the grace of God and the power of God works upon your life, I'm not talking about God meeting your need and helping you pay your rent and helping you pay a bill. That is good. God does that. But that's not really what I want you to focus on. I'm talking about God making you wealthy. Hallelujah. We are all on different levels on our journey towards wealth as Christians. But one thing we can announce to everybody and declare to everybody and tell everybody and encourage everybody about is that God wants you wealthy. Can I hear a loud amen? In fact, declare three times, God wants me wealthy. God wants me wealthy. And now declare this, the grace and the power of God makes that possible. Glory be to God. You can be the poorest person in the room. And the simple truth is, I love the way the Bible teaches it. We have been brought into the commonwealth of Israel. Our inheritance is common. We have the same level of wealth. We have all been made joint heirs with Christ. We've been brought into the same inheritance. One person may be manifesting it more than another person. One person may have gone further in the realization of that wealth and the possession of that wealth than another person. But every one of us has it. Glory, glory be to God. Let me hear somebody shout, I have it. Look at this other definition, and I love this. It says, a plentiful supply. A plentiful supply of a particular desirable thing. Glory be to God. Plentiful supply. You, you desire something. To be wealthy means that thing that you desire. And I love the example here. This one is not now talking about money. He was talking about a wealth of information, wealth of wisdom, wealth of favor, wealth of relationships. Some people, that's how they tap into their world. They know the person that knows the person that knows that person. And anytime they find themselves in a jam, it's not like they have $10 million stored up in a bank account. They have someone that they can call. Who do we know as social organization? And two or three phone calls after that desire they have, hallelujah, a door has been opened to them. Wealth of relationships. Wealth is not limited to money alone. It includes money. Glory be to God. But it's not limited to money alone. And this is the good news to you this morning. Hallelujah. Listen to me and listen to me very well. The grace and the power of God over your life in this season, one of its main missions is to enable you to create wealth. Ah, only one person heard what I said. I said the grace and the power of God upon you this season, one of its main missions is to enable you to create wealth. Yeah. Hallelujah. Have more than enough. Abundance. Wealthy. That's where God is taking you to. And hear me. Listen to me. That thing can be activated. And that's what God is going to do for somebody in this house this morning. 
when I say somebody, I mean everybody. I said that's what God is going to do for somebody in this house this morning. The way God activated David, the way God activated Paul, he just knew. So we can call people and start teaching them about real estate, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can come to God and believe God, and people are just, they just know what to do. You're a trader. Do you know a trader can be wealthy? And by the time you go back to your work and things like that, you just, no, this is the deal to do. This is not what to do. Some things will just put you off. Some things will put you right. And over a period of time, you have just seen God enabling you to accumulate wealth. Hallelujah. You can be a housewife. You can be a businessman. You can be an employee. If you are conscious of the fact that the grace and the power of God available to you and upon your life, it has a mission to help you to create wealth. In that place where you are, God can begin to order your steps and lead you into higher and greater measures of prosperity that he has ordained for you. Hallelujah. That's my prayer over the house this morning. And I think that's what God wants to do. I, I saw us we're going to praise God this morning. We're going to worship God this morning. We're going to thank him as we come to the end of this first quarter. This is how the activation will happen. We're just going to go into a realm of praise. I, I want you, listen to me and look at me, everybody. I want you to just, I, I, I don't want to talk too much. and I don't want to teach too much about this. I want you to understand that at a time like this, God wants you to be personally wealthy. Can I hear a loud amen? And God can take you from where you are, no matter how low it is. Please hear me and hear me very well. And I'm not talking... Ah, God help me. I, I mentioned this a few minutes ago. When you say wealth to our generation today, it's what people are seeing on Instagram that many people are using to compare this thing. Or something on social media. And there's nothing wrong with social media in itself. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you're going to leave this service and by Friday, you will have bought a Lamborghini and a Bentley and a Ferrari and you will bring the three of them to church tomorrow morning. I mean, next Sunday morning. You drive the first one to church, you take a car back home, you drive the second one to church, you take a car <laughs> So come and share your testimony. <laughs> or you'll have bought house in Banana Island next month. That's not what I'm talking about. You may never live in Banana Island. But that doesn't mean you're not wealthy. You may never. I'm not saying that by most, by most, tikpa, tikpa, hook or crook, you will have $1 million in your bank account. You will never find things like that in scripture that God guaranteed everybody we have one million dollars. You may never have a million dollars. You may never smell a million dollars. But you are wealthy. You are wealthy because you believe the promise of God. Oh, hallelujah. You believe the Lord your God. You will prosper. Believe his prosper. And believe the Lord of God, you'll be established. Believe his prophet, you can prosper. You, just because you believe, you, you, what you have 
is a promise from God. Hmm. Please hear me and hear me very well. Like Abraham, what you have is a word from God. Like David, what you have is that a prophet came and said, God told me to anoint the next king of Israel. There's a king on the throne, no? But a prophet came with a word and said, God told me to anoint and, ah, you are the one. And you don't look like it. You don't qualify. Your father did not even think you should be there. They didn't even call you to the meeting. But God insisted that they come and they just anointed you in that small place. Nobody even knew they anointed you. CNN did not carry it. And after they anointed you, the sky did not fall. There was no earthquake. There was no storm. In fact, you went back to work the next day. You are still keeping your few sheep. But you believed it. Hallelujah. You did what? And you hoped. You expected a better tomorrow. Something better. That word that was giving you, that anointing that was giving you, that revelation that was giving you, now became the thing you started using to plan your life. Hallelujah. And if you will walk in that and walk with that, I'm guaranteeing you by the word of God. That's all I have. I don't have. We don't have anything else. Apostle Paul said, I believe to the Corinthians, says, having nothing but possessing all things. Said having nothing but making many people rich. How do you do that? He's, he's talking about the word of God. All we have to give people is that, put up that Jeremy 18, 18 again. God said that he will give you power to get wealth. That, that's all we have to give you. And to show you and to teach you how to walk in the consciousness of that truth. And I'm guaranteeing everyone under the sound of my voice again, particularly if you will engage God with praise this morning that the spirit of God will activate you and turn you on, show you something, reveal something to you and it will help you to walk in the consciousness of that truth. <laughs> Glory be to God. When we start talking about wealth, somebody thinks I need land. Not necessarily. Ah, I need money. Not necessarily. Oh, I need a job. I need a profession. Not necessarily. There is nothing wrong with those things because this power to get wealth will attract and bring those things into your life. But that's not the source of your wealth. Hello? It's not your job. It's not your money. It's not your possessions that the power to get wealth brings. Those things are temporal and they are fading away every day. What you really have, hallelujah, is the word and the promise that God has given you. Glory, glory be to God. Somebody say, I have something that is worth more than any other thing. That is physical and visible and tangible on the face of this earth. I have the promise of God. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if you will hold on to that promise, even in a hopeless situation, hallelujah. Praise God. In fact, the word of God is made for times like that. The word of God is made for seasons like that. 
when everything seems hopeless and you don't know where the light of day is going to break forth from, you don't have an answer to the questions that are staring you in the face, but you can still hope and believe the power to get wealth is upon me because I'm a child of God. I love what Moses told them in this text. If we, we don't have the time to read it, please H.O.P. come up. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Moses told them that when you get into that land, when your flocks begin to multiply, when you begin to possess the land and you begin to build the houses, he said, remember the Lord your God. In other words, please watch what these people had to add to go through. When Moses, and by the way Deuteronomy 8, 18 that we normally quote, is a second rendition. This is them telling the story of what had happened. When Moses was telling and declaring these things to these people, they had no lands. Hello? They had no possessions. They had just come out of bondage, come out of poverty, come out of everything. Yes, they came with some riches from Egypt, but they really had nothing. And he told them the promise, God is going to give you power to get wealth. When it happens, remember that it is God. It's not the gold and the silver and the cars and the riches that makes you wealthy. No, it is God. Somebody shout this morning, God is the source of my wealth. Hallelujah. And God is bringing you into a time of personal wealth. Let me show you the way God showed me that I, I want, and I want to declare this because the Spirit of God told me to, to declare this. As this new administration comes into power in Nigeria, some policies are going to be enacted in this nation that will create opportunities for national wealth. Nigeria is going to come into a time of prosperity. Let me tell you, the nation. But the individuals that will also take personal responsibility and put in place what they need to put in place to take advantage of those policies, they will also rise to a higher dimension of wealth. Somebody hearing me this morning? Some of you may need to go back to businesses you've done before that failed two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, as the Spirit of God leads you. Hallelujah. Somebody may need to dust up some dreams, some ideas that God has given you. As we begin to praise God, and worship God this morning and look to him as the source of our wealth and look to him as the one that gives us power to get wealth God will begin to direct our steps can somebody shout a loud amen, amen. rise up on your feet this morning God will begin to order your steps he will begin to tell you what to do as we worship him today somebody trust him for revelation trust him for insight we are not trying to convince God to make us wealthy. God said, my grace and my power upon you has the ability to make you wealthy. What you are doing is you are coming into a consciousness of that promise. Coming into a reality of what God has spoken over your life already. And you might have enjoyed it to one level before or another, but God is going to take you to another level in the name of Jesus. Perhaps some of you here are already walking in the realms of millions and tens of millions of naira. Hear the word of the Lord this day. You will go to another dimension where you begin to command billions of naira in the name of Jesus. I said you will go to a realm where you begin to command billions of naira in the name of Jesus. 
Somebody's going to receive an idea this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to receive clarity this morning. Someone is going to be led by the Spirit arrived this morning. And that power to get wealth, that power to create wealth, it will begin to speak loudly in your life more than ever before in the name of Jesus. Will you leave those hands? Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to bless the Lord this morning. Put up Psalm 67 from verse 5 for us. Psalm 67 from verse 5. I hear somebody say, Pastor, I don't have any hope of prosperity or any hope of wealth. As we worship God this morning, tell yourself, God is my hope. The word of God is my hope. The word of God is the reason why I'm going to be able to create wealth. That's your hope. You're going to look to God. That's why we praise. We look to him. And the scripture says here in Psalm 67 from verse 5, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Can I hear somebody shout, all the people. I didn't hear your shout this morning. Say, all the people. This promise to create wealth is for all of us. Hey, hallelujah. Help me look at your neighbor and say it is for you. Look at your other neighbor and say it's for you. And it can come by God activating his power in your life. Let all the people praise you, then the earth will yield an increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. What does that mean? They will see how great what God has done in your life. And they will reverence God. Because they never thought in their wildest dreams that God could do that for somebody like you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Lift your hands to him. Open your mouth and begin to worship. Before the choir begins to sing, and please recognize we don't have that much time, maybe max 20 minutes or thereabout, let us maximize it. As we praise God this morning, as we praise God for bringing us to the end of this quarter and the, this month, and as we look to him to help us to prosper and to become wealthy, God will touch your life in a unique way this morning. Oh, yakata sata yala brekedosa. Begin to praise him. You need to lift your voice, somebody. You need to open your mouth. This is not a time to be quiet. This is not a time to be silent. You focus on God. Focus on him for an answer today. Focus on him for a word today. Focus on him for an activation of his power over your life. Begin to praise him, begin to praise him, church. Lift your voice, magnify him in other tongues. Oh, yakata sata yala satatata.
softly on the instruments. Listen. Listen. Some of you are very guilty of this. I, I, I notice sometimes when we are doing praise and worship. That scripture did not say let the choir praise him. Some of you are guilty of this. It's choir that is praising God. You, you are not praising. 